Everyone, welcome to Digital Worship This Week. I'm Pastor John Carolis, and it's good to have you with us in this format as we finish out our series, Echoes of Faith, looking at the history and the relationship between hymns and the church, especially as we are now settling into what's known as Reformation Weekend. We're celebrating the anniversary uh, from which, uh, which is kind of a sad story, the anniversary of the breaking of the Catholic Church into basically Protestants and those that remained in the Roman, in the Roman system. But the reason for that shift was significant because the church had lost sight of its a true purpose in bringing people the grace that Christ has won them on the cross, that which they cannot earn on their own, a return to the fact that we are justified, that is made right with God through our faith rather than through the efforts that we make or the, the sacrifices that we make. This is something that God has won for us at great expense to himself so that you and I can enjoy the relationship we were designed to have before the world fell into sin. And that's really the theme of today's message as we look at uh, this passage from John chapter 8, hearing about the freedom we have uh, from Jesus, the freedom that he won us to be called, instead of slaves to sin or slaves to Christ, we can be called brothers to the Savior that gave his life on the cross so that we could be uh, with him. So let's hear from John chapter 8, and we'll dig into the idea for the sermon today. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. This passage comes to, a, uh, comes to us from a place where Jesus is engaging with the other uh, Jewish people around him in that day where they were identifying themselves as free people because of their descendant from because they were descendants from Abraham. Now if you know anything about the history of the Old Testament, you know that there was a time where the Hebrews were slaves in Egypt for 400 years. For whatever reason, this seemed to slip the minds of the people Jesus was speaking with. But he had something greater in mind, something deeper in mind when he described them as slaves. A slave is someone who is uh, stuck in this relationship where it's just uh, subservient uh, ob- obedience-based, uh, at the risk of punishment or at the risk of death, uh, kind of kind of manipulative relationship with someone who has exerted oppressive power over you. And Jesus is saying that that's our relationship with sin. It has corrupted us. It has invaded us. It has made us unable to escape from the, the corrupting uh, effect it has on our hearts and on our lives. We live, we think, we breathe in a way that's selfish, that's organized to our own betterment and at the advantage of other people, sometimes even working harm in other people's lives so that we can enjoy some level of convenience or some level of satisfaction. And Jesus is saying that's inescapable unless you're set free. You can't escape it on your own, but you can be set free if the one who made you pays the price to win your freedom. And that's exactly what Jesus did. In our world today, we're kind of sold this idea that we should be constantly looking for the next best thing. What's the next fastest way to get something delivered to us, or the the quickest way for us to earn a return on our investments, or maybe the fastest way for us to climb the corporate ladder. We need to think of new ideas and innovate and invent all these different kinds of things, but that's all the distraction from the way that God has created us to be close, intimate, relationship-bound sons of the God who designed us. And that's what the Reformation was all about. That's what Martin Luther's whole project was, was to return the church to that New Testament kind of model that Jesus gave to his disciples. Trust in him for your relationship with God so that you don't have to feel the pressure to prove yourself to him as you engage with the relationships he has called you to be in with the people around you, sharing his love, showing his mercy, engaging in the joyful 
uh, expression and witnessing to his great love for others. So the hymn for us this week is written by Martin Luther, and it has kind of a militant defensive tone to it, but it's all about returning back to that same idea, returning back to the God who made us. It's from uh, hymn number 655, Lord, keep us steadfast in your word. Lord, keep us steadfast in your word. Curb those who would by deceit or sword wrest the kingdom from your son and bring to naught all he has done. Lord Jesus Christ, your power make known for you are Lord of lords alone. Defend your holy church that we may sing your praise eternally. O comforter of priceless worths and peace and unity on earth, support us in our final strife and lead us out of death to life. A call, a return, a prayer that we'd be defended in the relationship we have with God. You see behind me that the preschool is releasing some of its students for 1130 pickup today. So we're going to call it there for our message. But just let it be a reminder. The fact that Christ has won for your relationship that you don't have to think is in jeopardy or fear you'll lose because of your own inability to, to maintain God's commands or to be a perfect person. Instead, you can trust and rejoice in the fact that Christ has won this for you.